Blog Talk Radio. Welcome once again to the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I'm your announcer, Reverend Art, of folkconjure.com, located in the Blue Ridge Mountains of North Carolina. In just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-hosts, Catherine Ironwood of luckymojo.com in Forestville, California, and Conjureman of conjuremanconsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. This week, we welcome our special guest, Miss Bree of BriannaSaucy.com, that's S-A-U-S-S-Y, in San Antonio, Texas, bringing us today's tutorial on magic for midlife. They will take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of hoodoo, conjure, or root work, as divined and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooists of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening. But if you're selected from among those who signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and called into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first let's catch up with our co-hosts, Catherine Ironwood and Conjure Man. Miss Cat. Hi, Reverend Art. Boy, as usual, a chaotic start, but we're, we're pulling it together here. <laughs> uh, welcome to the show, everybody. We've got a nice little crowd in the chat room. Brother Blue, I see, is here, Chaotic Angel, Dr. Sweets, I, Patricia, J.D. Hoodoo, Rebecca Moody, and, of course, um, our own dear Reverend Art, and, um, oh, and there's the Red Queen 9111, the lady with the more ones than she needs, probably. <laughs> and uh, and we have more people are coming into the chat as we're getting started up here. So... Um, Today, we're going to have a guest, Brianna Saucy, or Miss Bree as we know her, and we're trying to get her logged in so she can be in the chat with everybody, so have some questions ready for her when we get to her segment. It, um, If she can't make it in, because she doesn't have a Blog Talk account, um, I will read her your questions aloud to her. All right? So, what's going on here in Lucky Mojo Land is we are in the last mm, 24 to um, 36 hours of finishing up all our book projects to go to press. And right now, I have to make a great, great thank you to Gray Townsend and to Papa G, both of whom came in at the last minute with some last-minute art. And I literally just got off the phone with uh, Gray right before the show started. And... It's one of those things, you know, you have some art and you think, I really like this art, but then this page doesn't have any art and I've got this art and can you scan that and clean it up? And yeah, so Gray and Papa G both are Photoshop uh, whiz, erds, and they did it. And so I'm very, very grateful because otherwise I could have done it, but it would have taken me another month and the book would be late. So um really thanks 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 to my colleagues and compatriots also big big thanks to deacon millet who's been helping with one of the three books uh an artist among the spirit the um life of the spiritualist reverend adele clemens and boy is that going to be a revelation to people that's by john saint germain and then miss michael um 
is uh, the author of Sneaky Tricks, How to Hide Your Hoodoo in Plain Sight. And I co-authored it with her. I kind of came in at the end and um, got my name second because I did a, a certain amount on the book. But it's really her concept, her book, and I just sort of decorated and embroidered around the edges. So we got three great books coming out for the Virtual Hoodoo Heritage Festival, which is June 10th and 11th, 2023. And tickets are on sale at hoodooheritagefestival.com. It's a two-day festival, 10 one-hour workshops, and you get a goodie box filled to the brim with prizes and surprises that you will use as you go through the workshops and work with them. Also, to anyone under the sound of my voice who is an AIR member, I was just talking today to an AIR member who shall remain nameless who didn't know that AIR members are comped their tickets. If you're an AIR member, did you know you were comped your tickets? Do not buy a ticket. Now, you're not necessarily comped a goodie box. It would be nice if you would pay for that. But you may not need a goodie box if you're a professional and a member of air because you may have all the candles in the world and all the oils in your cupboard. We don't know. But um, that's what we're sending. Books, of course, you might want those books. So you might want a goodie box, even if you're an air member. So when I found out that some air members didn't know they were comped, I was shocked. Hey, we're good people. We're generous. We We give everything to everybody. Now, Students of mine, you're going to want to take these uh, workshops. If you're a student in my um, Hoodoo Root Work Correspondence course, you're going to learn so much. And uh, we'll go through maybe at the end of the show, we'll talk a little bit about what some of the workshops are. There also will be readers there who will be reading for you. And I have nothing more to say other than that Professor Seward, Professor A.F. Seward, um, has been on my mind completely lately. And I'm preparing, with the support of my patrons, a very large page on Professor Seward. Now, some of my friends know that I have had a secret Professor Seward page online at a secret location at the Mystic Tea Room for many, many years, since actually since 2002. But I never announced it or said anything about it. I just worked on it and added things to it. Well, now, with the festival coming up, the Professor Seward page will go live when a couple of days before the festival. So when you get your goodie box, you're going to open it up and it'll say, go to this URL, and boy will you, and you'll see who Professor Seward was. I know six of you are scratching your heads right now is, what is she talking about? I'm talking <laughs> about the man who invented sun sign astrology. Just let that sink in. The man who invented sun sign astrology and made the careers of so many other sun sign astrologers possible. People like um, Zolar and Carol Ryder and Sidney Omar and um, Gene Dixon and you name it. Um, every syndicated newspaper, magazine, uh, sun sign astrologer or author, just book author, it all came from Professor Seward, one of the most inventive, creative people I've ever had the privilege to um, meet with through spiritualistic mediumship. And he is with me a lot. <laughs> so that's what I've been doing. I'm going to pass this on over to Conjurman. What's going on with you, Conjurman? Well, uh, not having mediumship with uh, famous astrologers is something good. <laughs> so you're clearly having more fun than I am. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I'm very excited. I'm doing quite well, very busy as as usual. 
Uh, springtime, as I've mentioned in the past, is a time where we see an increase in sort of love working. And so lots of works around getting people uh, on dates, getting people to the next stage in the relationship. I'm really interested in seeing uh, a lot of the clients that I've had, and maybe you can speak to this as well. Uh, a lot of the clients that I've been seeing recently are people who have been without love for long periods of time. They haven't had a date in a couple of years, or they haven't had a serious relationship in a couple of years, or they've been able to hook up or, or find partners, but the partners never quite last. So it's always people who are ready, who are sort of fed up with the current uh, situation in their love life and are interested in changing it. So it's not just people who are coming in optimistic about new love. It's about people who have gone through an experience that they're done with. They're like, that's it. I'm no longer going to be stuck in this cycle and I want something new. So there's an almost love-crossed component to this um, or star-crossed component to this. And so a lot of the work involves making sure that there isn't sort of afflictions in there and their natal charts, making sure there aren't crossed conditions in their love or starting off by doing things like blockbuster road opening or healing, some type of work to kind of clear out the back the blockage there so it's been a lot of that type of work uh and it's rewarding work i always enjoy doing particularly when i say spring and holiday times these this time of uh of love working is always quite pleasant the house smells wonderful from the incenses and the oils and the candles uh and the workings always bring a nice like it's like cooking it's like baking cookies you bake cookies, and even if you're not eating the cookies, it makes the house smell good. You're baking cookies for others, and the entire house smells lovely. So it's been a, a very rewarding period. But I must say, uh, I am actually very, very excited for our guest, Miss Bree. I haven't spoken to Miss Bree in probably years, in fact. I think it's been maybe even five years or so. So I am so thrilled to, to have her join us today, and I'll take no more time with updates because I really want to bring her on and chat with her. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is a really welcome back what a treat. Brie moment. And um, mm -hmm. so let's bring her on. Um, welcome back, Brie. Welcome, uh, welcome. Hello, hello, everyone. It is so wonderful to hear all of your voices and to hear what you all are up to. Um, I love the hoodoo workshops that used to happen in May, Cat, right around your birthday now, mm -hmm. June, it sounds like. Um, they are, if you have not attended, I cannot recommend them highly enough. I finished my apprenticeship training with you right before one of them. Um, and they're just, they're incredible. They're really, really wonderful. And Conjure Man, it is wonderful to hear your voice. I think five years at least, right? Like at least, I yeah. At least, yeah. I have, you know, it's been, it's been busy. I had another baby in 2018, so I have two beautiful boys and oh, I wrote a couple of books and it's just been life has been very full and very busy but I always think of y'all and I love y'all miss y'all so good to be back in touch it's it's so great to have you now I'm going to tell you something that you may not know Brie 
I don't know if you remember, back in the old days of the festival, there was a man named Alan Scott who borrowed camera equipment and took videos of the festivals. Do you remember that? Yes, yes. And they were very amateurish. There, there were problems. But we have them all. We got them all from him. Oh. And guess what? We have video of Doc Hilford blessing your baby bump. I was yeah. going to say the baby bump. And then I wonder if we have any of baby Jasper because he came when he was not even a year old. Remember, we brought him out. Yes. Yeah. Oh. yeah. I don't know if we have that. It might be there, but I know we've got Doc Hilford. We were we were doing an inventory of this. And folks in the audience, these are old Hoodoo Heritage Festivals, which we're going to be editing up this um, year after this year's festival. We will be editing them up into workshop segments, and we will make them available through our online class program. And um, those are available through um, Hoodoo Workshops, but you will see Miss Bree. <laughs> You so okay very pregnant, Miss <laughs> Bree. <laughs> yes. Well, and, and it was we were we were it, not only she had the baby bump, and we were all holding crystal balls. That's right. Yeah. That's right. It was. That's right. I, I'll tell you the truth. I actually got tears in my eyes when I saw we were skimming through the videos. And, oh my God! I remember that. It was so sweet. <laughs> yeah. Well, both of the boys are very, they're very magical, and they're very in their own ways. The littlest one is really about the altars right now. So he's he's really into altars, really into talking to Jesus at the altar, and he's actually taken over part of my ancestor altar and told me it was his, and I needed to let him have that space. So that's what's happening over here. (laughs) <laughs> so tell us about tell us quickly about your two books because we we know you are also were in the book Hoodoo yeah. Food, which is Reverend Art's favorite magical cookbook. And, I love that but, book too. <laughs> but tell us about the books you've written. So I wrote two books in 2018: Making Magic, Weaving Together the Everyday and the Extraordinary, came out. And it it was published by Found True. You can find it anywhere books are sold. If your bookstore doesn't have a copy, they can order one easily. And Making Magic is really a, it's really kind of a, a foundational approach to magic and finding magic in our everyday lives. So for people who are interested in magic or maybe they've had some, um, you know, liminal or uncanny experiences, but they haven't gone fully into the woo, this is a really good book for that audience. So if you want to sort of see how magic is actually at play in your life already, Making Magic will show you. It will show you that magic is bigger than you think it is, closer than you think it is, and easier than we often think that it is. So it demystifies a lot of it. And then the second book is Star Child, Joyful Parenting Through Astrology. So those of you with children will really like this one, although I will tell you that I have been told that um, even people without children really loved it 
because there is a section for each sign that goes into like inner child work and people really love it as an intro to astrology so that is also published by sounds true again anywhere books are sold you'll be able to find it they'll be able to order it and making uh, making magic has a guiding story that is a retelling of Goldilocks and the Three Bears. Star Child actually has a story for each of the 12 zodiac signs, and the stories oh, wow. are pulled from around the world. So there's a lot of different tales in there that, you know, bring forward one of the components or one of the teachings or one of the wisdoms of each of the sun signs. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it was, I loved doing both of them. That's well, you know, it's so interesting because I'm working on this um, book, Astrology for Root Workers, and these kind of fit together. And our good friend Deacon Millen is also working on an astrology book. This may be the the astrology may be raising its head up and waving high. <laughs> um, I love that. And, and Deacon Millen is working on a uh, modified, revised reprint of a fantastic book called Your Birth Sign Influences and What They Mean, and it is illustrated by the great sculptor Lee Laurie, who was very interested in astrology. And so one of the reasons to do this book is to get his illos back in print. Beautiful, beautiful book. So, yeah, a lot of things going on with astrology. Um, so um, in the chat, Balkan Diviner 14 says, I just searched the book, and it's such a radiant energy surrounding it. Distribute such books to as many parents as possible. And... Um, Balkan Diviner 14 is somebody who knows their stuff. He knows his stuff. Um, yeah, so let's get into today's topic, okay? Today's yes. topic is uh, magic for midlife. So let's see what we can bring forward about this. As usual, I try to um, just, you know, bring up the topic, and then I'll turn it over to our guest. So midlife magic is probably more important to women than to men because midlife in women is marked by menopause. And that is a dramatic shift in a woman's energy. Men also go through middle age, but they don't notice it quite as much. They do have hormonal changes, many of which they try to pretend didn't happen. But... but <laughs> <laughs> but women are much, you know, women cannot really conceal the fact that they've gone through menopause. Now, the age of menopause varies. There are women who go through menopause at 35 to 38, and there are women who go through menopause at 54 to 58. So um, it's genetic when you go through menopause, generally, unless it is surgically brought on. But that is not the whole of midlife. There are other things about midlife that don't have so much to do with bodily changes as they have to do with situational changes. If you had children, your children are grown or growing. Uh, if you um, had a job, you may be on the verge of being pushed out of your job because you're earning too high a salary and they can hire some kid um, fresh out of college for half of what they're paying you. And now, oops, all of a sudden, what are you left with, being a greeter at the Walmart? No, you need magic, right? And other things go along with midlife also. Are you going to be one of those people who buys a house? Will you have paid for your house? Are you going to be repairing your house? All of these topics are uh, the stuff of magic because magic is one way to address all of these issues. 
But there are many people who by midlife say, I'm just going to slog along in my day-to-day practical life. I don't need magic to help me with my mortgage or I don't need magic to help me, you know, stay juicy in bed. So this is where you come in, Bree. What is midlife magic? Oh, so, so glad that you asked. And that was a really great um, introduction as always, Pat. One of the things I've always loved about you and respect about you is your thoroughness. And you are, I feel like you hit all of the, uh, you know, all of the big themes under the topic, right? So mm-hmm. magic for midlife is um, definitely the way that I'm thinking of it aimed towards women, Um, and it was actually, this is one of those things that was requested by women in my community, and I know that you've got people listening to these shows that are professionals themselves, or they um, aspire to be professionals, and so I myself, I'm 42, I am not, I'm not close to menopause yet, I'm not pre-menopausal or perimenopausal at this point in time. Um, I have a four-year-old about to turn five, and I have a 12-year-old. So I'm a little on the, on the like, younger end of this topic. But I have clients, a lot of clients that are right here. And they actually said, we want to have some teaching around magic for midlife. Like, this would really, really help us. So, as you noted, one of the biggest things that happens around the center of our life journeys is menopause. And there's perimenopause, there is premenopause, so there's, you know, the the phase before menopause proper sets in, then there is menopause itself, and then there's post-menopause. And all through these events, you're having physiological changes, you're having hormonal changes, which also means that you're having emotional and energetic changes. So if you are a magical worker, if you do magic or you have magic performed on your behalf, you are also probably going to experience some spiritual changes as well. So, you know, there's, there's a, there are several different layers to work with. One is actually, one that I find that comes up a lot is, is just kind of settling into the fact that menopause is happening. So a lot of the women that I work with, there's an initial resistance to this is actually happening, but they feel it in their bodies. Obviously, they notice it with their cycles, and they feel the energetic shifts as well. So there's often, you know, some of the things that I hear about are exhaustion, feeling depleted, feeling dried out, and that's both physically and metaphorically, right? And feeling like they're, you know, like they're, they're not quite sure where they want to go next. Sometimes there's like a a vagueness or a fuzzy headed feeling that goes along with it as well. So one of the places where I like to begin is by naming the fact that we are 
going through this change that that you're premenopausal, perimenopausal, you're you're in menopause, whatever it is, to name it and to start to think about what you want to do to honor this phase because it really is a phase and you know we have a lot of we have a lot of ceremonies and initiations to bring a young person into adulthood i've been watching my 12 year old and he's he's gone through like he had cotillion and he had he's going to have all of these graduation ceremonies and so there's all of of these um things that he's had that kind of get ready to usher him into the next phase of his life. But for men and for women that are in midlife, there's not, there, there isn't that kind of support and there's not that kind of, uh, you know, ritual around, okay, then now you're getting ready for the next phase. Now you're getting ready for this next aspect of life. So one of the first things that we do is we just we name it and there are several different you could call them spiritual figures you could call them archetypes that women especially tend to resonate with and back in the 90s if you were hanging out in witch circles witchy circles you would hear like there's the maiden the mother and the crone which of course is like super exclusive if you don't have kids it's like okay thanks and mm-hmm. and even if you do have kids, as you pointed out, Kat, you know, as your kids grow and change and they become more independent, your role as a mother starts to change as well. So, and then it was kind of like, well, after your mothering is done, you become a crone. And there's a lot of women who, who don't find that language to be reflective of where they are. There's a lot of very vibrant healthy, you know, 50-year-olds, 60-year-olds, 70-year-olds, 80-year-olds. And so calling Can I, can I just break in here? Can yes, I just break in here? Yes. I have to tell you a funny story. You may remember my ex-stepsister, Holly, right? Yes, my, yes. Okay, yes. Holly. Um, back, remember I mentioned that the age of menopause is genetically determined. It's sort of pre-written into your DNA. And um, she is not... Um, biologically related to me, although we grew up as sisters, so we call each other sisters, sure. but she's not related to me. And she hung out in witchy circles in the 90s, and she decided, because I was getting older, she they were having a big witchy circle down at the at the um, beach, down in at the Pacific Ocean, and I was invited, and it was going to be all about, they were going to crone me with a crown of, of withered yes. flowers. Yes. And, was, and I showed up, and of course... Mm. I'm, I told him, I think I'm unsuitable. I'm having my period right now. <laughs> right? Exactly. Um, and and it, was, it was funny. I mean, they meant well, but they all just laughed and they said, okay, we can't crown you now. You're bleeding, right? It was funny. Yeah. But that was, it was their expectation that because I was in my, you know, I was supposed to be. And But no, weirdly, only a couple of months later, I got pregnant. And... um and unfortunately, through a series of various things, I, the pregnancy was aborted. But because it was with a married man, I mean, you know, I was not ready for coronahood yet. You were not in crown. You were never in your crown territory. No. <laughs> so I just, I just, you know, I just laughed, you know. And meanwhile, and then I went on to get 
married and you know one thing or another so don't don't crone people prematurely that's the message of that we also have a question here for you um from aya asha aya 13 who asks when is midlife can you define that so that's a really good question and i would say that you cannot define it because obviously like the technical example, the technical answer would be, well, it's the middle of your life and you don't know how long you're going to live. But what I would say is that there's a point where you're, you're starting to, you, you do have more adult responsibilities. You are turning to things like, you know, in your work, you're at a higher skill level, probably at a higher salary level. In your ownership of a home or an apartment or whatever, you probably have established some kind of equity, some kind of presence. Um, and you're, you know, there's a, there's a maturity. A lot, of, a lot of the women that I talked to, when I asked older women what they, you know, what started happening to them at midlife, they would say things like, I stopped caring so much what other people thought. I stopped wasting time. I stopped, um, you know, trying to please everyone around me. And I started doing things for myself. So for women, I think that there's often a move to like, I, you know, I have this one body and I need to take care of it. And so if that means I need to rest, if that means that I need to have certain herbs, if that means I need to have more time as my grandmother, my my 90-year-old grandmother, who is definitely not a crone, would say her Bible and prayer time, if I need to prioritize that, that's what I'm going to do. So that's, it's really a, a feeling that, that starts to show up is the way that I would describe it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So um, I think there was another question here, and I maybe have lost it. Mm-mm-mm. Um, well, we had one. We had one that was: Is croneship determined merely by age, or wisdom, or experience? Ah, very good. That, yes, that's that a good one question. was also from Ayashaya thirteen. I like the thirteen. Um, <laughs> so I, again, I would say there are some women that I don't think ever attune or resonate with the crone archetype. Like, I don't see it in my grandmother. I don't see it in my mom. Kat, I haven't seen you in years, but I, I bet I wouldn't see it in you. Like, if I was going to make a crown for you, Kat, it would be full of, like, antique roses that smell really good. Right? <laughs> like, <laughs> and they would be alive, not withered. So, so for a lot of women, it, is, it, it never resonates. And I will also say I have met some young women who are very much in that energy, right? So yes. I think that it's – I feel like it is very much um, about what resonates for you as opposed to an age. And I think that's part of – the problem is that we think like, oh, this is an age thing, but it's not an age thing. It's really an energy thing. And the age is, is part of it. But, you know, I mean, you can be in your late 30s and going through menopause. And, like, you might think, oh, I'm too young. But, I mean, this is what's happening. And energetically, this is what's happening, right? So you, so, so you embrace that. You find a way to make that holy is the way that I would think about it. 
Yeah, and I just want to um, uh, thank Brother Blue for a funny comment. If a croning ceremony includes crowning by extrapolation, it also should include craning and crooning. <laughs> Very funny. So this is an interesting thing. You know, as we know, no no one size fits all in any form of religion, magic, spirituality, metaphysics, or even clothing. So when we talk about this midlife, let's leave the croning off to one side for a moment and talk about consolidation. Midlife is also about consolidation. When you become a person of a substance, for many women, that physically involves weight gain. And, um, you know, you have your house, you have your children, and you become more and more broad across the middle. Um, Do you know of any magic that can help with midlife female weight gain? So I like that question a lot. Um, Another thing that I want to point out that is linked to weight gain is stress. And in midlife, Mm -hmm. for a lot of women, there are a lot of stressors. So, you know, I always like the magical and the practical to go together. So magically, a really nice thing to do for weight loss is to do banishing work, right? So you could, you could take a candle. You could put some of your personal concerns, like your hair, your nails, maybe a little saliva would be especially appropriate. Mm-hmm. And for many of us, not all of us, but many of us, weight is associated with diet. To some extent, during the waning lunar cycle, you mm-hmm. could burn that candle. I might even do a seven-knob black candle, anoint it with some banishing oil, and then burn it over seven days of the waning moon. I might then, because, you know, I'm, I'm a Libra, so I can be a little legalistic about things. I might then do a second candle during the waxing moon that is calling in good health and vibrancy and energy. Because you don't want the weight loss to be happening because you're sick or, you know, some something Mm -hmm. like really stressful has happened and you have no appetite. You want the weight loss to be happening because you're making better choices. And this is where the practical stuff comes in, right? Maybe some clarity and wisdom work to look at your diet. Maybe some attraction work to call in a nutritionist or a, a health worker who can help you look at any weight gain, and come up with the best plan to treat it. Um, Another thing is, and I think that this is good for everyone, is are there ways for you to lower your stress? Maybe you don't check the news first thing when you wake up. Maybe you spend some time in prayer or contemplation or meditation. Maybe you... Do a, maybe you take, you know, 30 minutes to read something or look at something that brings you pleasure, that lowers all of those stress levels, all of the cortisol, all of everything that can add on the pounds. So those are, there are several different ways, right, to approach it. Those are those are all really, really interesting and good ones. Um, I'm working on this book of um, astrological uh, spells and definitely losing weight by the uh, waning moon is very much on people that that's 
absolutely useful. And um, banishing is good. And one thing you can do also is symbolize that weight with some sort of like a stone or a pebble mm-hmm. and and throw it in the water. Let it go. All gone. I like that. I like that a lot. That's a good one. Yeah. 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 So um, we haven't had a word out of Conjurman because, of course, it's just a hen fest here. So <laughs> let's bring I'm listening intensely. Yeah, right. He's he's taking notes. <laughs> uh, Countryman, what do you know about midlife magic? There's uh, quite a bit of traditions about midlife magic for uh, women uh, around the world. In the Middle Eastern tradition, uh, there is the idea that when a woman enters into midlife, she is entering into a new form of power and a new form of knowledge. And Brie talked about and others have talked about here uh, the idea of, for example, croneship. It's not quite exactly the idea of croneship, but there is this idea of that wisdom has been accumulated. So, for example, when children are suffering from evil eye, the idea is that you want a woman who who is post-menopause, who has gone through midlife, to perform cleansing work because such a woman has a unique hand in healing spiritual ailments. Uh, And so there's this idea that a woman gains certain types of abilities and powers uh, by moving into the next stage in her life. And there are rituals and rites that commemorate it, one of which is the baking of a particular sweet cake with cardamom, the idea being that the cardamom spice here uh, is infused into the cake. It's actually more of a sort of cake-like biscuit, if I'm honest with you. Um, but then that's consumed in sort of ritual fashion with prayers and whatnot to mark the occasion that a woman has entered into midlife. So there is this idea, almost globally, of, of a newfound sense of power, the accumulation of wisdom, and such people end up becoming sought after as healers within the community. Uh, for being able to perform certain prayers, uh, the removal of the evil eye, cleansing, all these things become associated with women. And in turn, there are magical works that women themselves can do to help either mark the occasion or to help with the transition, one of which is uh, healing practices for themselves. The idea is to ensure the health of the individual. So, for example, the cardamom uh, cake isn't just a, a sweet treat. It's also believed to have medicinal medical benefits, uh, which is why it is consumed to mark the occasion of entering midlife. And cardamom, I just have to jump in here with some herb knowledge. Cardamom, like many, um, what do I call, Vesica Pisces, shaped seeds is female Mm -hmm. so you know cardamom anise celery you know all if you've ever thought about it um almonds and so forth there's a reason Um, yeah there's a reason there's a reason it's cardamom and not something else um also almond um almond cookies almond cakes and things like that are very much associated with feminine power female power and it's as always i just throw this out like so conjure what about the middle east and you always come back at me with something that I know to be European Jewish. It's hysterically funny for me. Right. 
Um, the because, connections are really because hey, we don't rehearse this shit. Excuse my language. We don't rehearse this stuff beforehand. Um, people think of um, European Jews as being Europeans. Uh uh-uh. uh No, we're really Middle, Middle Easterners. Just yeah, that's what we are. And it's so as soon as you say curing and giving and curing the evil eye, I'm like, oh hey, yes, indeed, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's a thing, folks. Beware. Beware the woman past menopause. She can give the evil eye quicker than you can. Snap your fingers. But she's also the old nana to go to, the old grandma, the old bubba to go to, Mm -hmm. to get that evil eye taken off. She controls those mysteries of the evil eye. Now, when you think about, I'm just going to go in here into a little bit of mm, mm, biology, The, the eye, the vulva, uh, the opening to the vagina is called the vulva, and the vulva relates to this shape, which is the vesica or the almond or whatever you want to call that thing, that shape. And the idea of the closing of the eye and the opening of the eye and the giving of the evil eye and protection from the evil eye in the moisture of the vulva is very important to all Middle Eastern cultures because the evil eye dries you out. It, it causes you to dry up. Yeah. So there's a real thing here that's so important, so uh, deeply embedded in Middle Eastern culture. Just had to put my hand up and say, yes, Conjurman, that was true. <laughs> Agreed. And you see this, unsurprisingly, in Mexican culture as well. This is huge where I live in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Um, and cardamom is also, Ayurvedically, it's a cooling spice. So, uh, so I find that really interesting because and my, the spell I'll be sharing with you is all about cooling because one of the things that women often in midlife are dealing with is they're dealing with heat. They're dealing with hot flashes. But they're also dealing with hot emotions and with energy, with hot, what I would think of as hot energy. So I really like the herbal, medical, and magical role that cardamom is playing in this. Yeah, that's a whole other thing about the angry temper of middle-aged women. Um, as estrogen levels drop, uh, relative comparative testosterone levels rise, and all of a sudden these women who were once so compliant become rather standing up on their back feet and saying, don't you dare, right? Yeah. Yeah. And at the same time, they're having hot flashes, and woe be unto the man who comes on a woman who's secretly, quietly trying to not admit to the world that she's having a horrible hot flash. And he comes up behind her and says, honey, and she turns around and goes, fuck you. Right? <laughs> exactly. Been there, exactly. Done that. Or, or, like, or like, you know, like maybe we should turn the thermostat up a little. And it's like, really? Do you think that's a good idea? Seriously, try it. <laughs> Try it and see how far you get, buddy. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that brings up hot flashes. And hot flashes are, uh, I remember the 90s when all of a sudden everyone was calling them power surges. And yeah. um, and I tried to go with the program, I'm having a power surge, I'm having a power surge, I'm having a power surge, it's frying my circuits, right? Um <laughs> When my daughter, you know, life marches on, when my daughter went through menopause, perimenopause, she's not actually finished with the process yet, she's in perimenopause, she called me up and said, why the fuck did they try to tell us these were power surges? I said, I don't know, honey, but she goes, they're fucking hot flashes. And I'm like, yes, indeed, they are. You're like, I didn't tell you that. I don't know who told you that. It was not me. (laughs) 
Well, I tried. I tried with power surges, but you know, I could all I could see was um, you know, electrical electric boxes going up into smoke. So one of the things we do need is cooling off women during pre-menopause, perimenopause, and right when you're in the... Oh, and that's another question. The question that's unspoken on many people's lips right now today, and how long do these hot flashes last anyway? Longer than you would like. I was going to say, I mean, strap in, right? Like, buckle up. It's going to be a little bit of a ride for a while. <laughs> it, can be, it can be years. And um, Rebecca Moody says, I wonder if we can take those hot flashes and use it for revenge work. Yes, yes. Yeah. Hot flashes yes. definitely can be used for revenge work. I sometimes think of, you know, the goddess Kali. She's drawn as kind of young and, and, and light and all of that and pretty and cute and, you know, lightweight, I mean. And But, um, no, that's, that's a hot flash in action, you know. And that's why um, in Middle Eastern and Jewish tradition, those women undergoing hot flashes can cast the evil eye. They really can cast the evil eye. Um, So when having hot flashes, you need to cool down. And part of this is to remind yourself that it's not just some horrible betrayal by your body, although it is in a way, um, but you have to learn to deal with it. And I will tell you, you know, being who I am and what I am, the easiest way to deal with having a hot flash can get it is to have a loving partner um, give you genital stimulation. It will calm the hot flash or at least focus it someplace else. It really does work. Um, I was taught this by another older woman when I was middle-aged and it does work. So just think about it. On the other hand, there you are working for you know, Pacific Gas and Electric in the customer service department, and you are having a hot flash, what do you do? Do you just turn to the gay guy at the water cooler and say, could you just go into the broom closet with me and we can solve my hot flash for a moment? (laughs) Right? You can't do it. So So good luck with that one, but it does work. Well, we will will have a spell for, for women that are in that situation, actually. That's what the free spell will um address so if you can't if you if you can't escape to the broom closet i have i have an alternate i have an alternate plan for you (laughs) good good and somebody somebody here uh reverend art has mentioned lydia pinkham uh tablets yes lydia pinkham was a woman herbalist who came up with a formula an herbal formula and with a few other things in it too i think it had a little alcohol a little this a little that which was for women of a certain age as they were called then and lydia pinkham vegetable compound was and uh remained sort of a laughing stock among serious doctors who prescribe serious hormonal medication but it worked just saying it worked so that's um something that we need to keep in mind there are uh, long traditions, and you can find those herbs in old herb catalogs where they'll tell you what they're used for. They will usually say for female complaints, for female conditions. There's some some kind of like, and then you have to sort them out, which ones are abortifacients and which ones are for menopause. Sometimes they're the same in different dosages. Exactly. Oh. 
<laughs> the other thing that we have to think about is reaching out to our men friends. So um, we don't want to, um, <clears throat> you know, give any of the men here the heebie-jeebies. So we hope that <laughs> they understand that um, we love them and, and we want to have a peaceful home with them, says Shiva. Peace water. <laughs> peaceful home. <laughs> a plea from a wounded heart. Um, <laughs> so, but um, But men should learn to respect and support women through these perilous times. (laughs) Yeah, I was just about to say that any man who gets the heebie-jeebies around uh, something like menopause is probably not a man worth his salt. (laughs) Being pretty blunt about this, this is is not something to be uh, looking askance about or or have, you know, a faint heart around it's something that should be celebrated and honored and supported and and worked through as we you know um men like to think that this is a unique process only to women when in actuality men go through their own hormonal changes uh and are even less willing to admit it so i think it's a especially if you're in a committed loving partnership this should be seen as an opportunity in which for the partnership to transition to continue to the next stage both of these people are going to go through midlife at some in some way shape or form uh, and doing so together can be an incredibly powerful and transformative experience. Difficult and challenging, and it's got its own own uh, obstacles to overcome. But what a beautiful thing it is to go through it and come out the other end. Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> people in the chat are cracking me up here. Um, Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour, which is Niagara Shiva, says, um, love me, crucible of courage for the men. Get them ready to face the warrior women. And Brother Blue says, I need my, I dominate my hot flashes oil. <laughs> Great idea. Great idea. Um, and then uh, Shiva mentions marriage products. Um, that's pretty good, too. And Rebecca Moody says, I think the penis oil. Well, we also have Lucky Clover vulva oil, thankfully. And um, we could do another show on um, what happens to men at midlife. Maybe we'll get a man on here who wants to talk about that bluntly and frankly. And um, But right now we're, we're just going to focus on the women. But, uh, you know, men can hide it, but they can't escape it. Um, just saying. Um and now, one more thing about midlife, and this is the um, the feeling of consolidation in, on your job. I'd like to talk about this really just briefly. Um, one of the things that women and, and men too in midlife come up against is this: the end of the series of 2,700 glass ceilings they've broken through, and at the top there is a stainless steel ceiling. And this is a time of life when a lot of women decide to start their own business, which they may start as a side hustle. A little bit of this on Etsy, you know, a little bit of that on on WordPress, you know, and maybe I'll have a little Facebook thing. And but but you need to think about this. If if you're a woman, the world usually, unless you have a government job, is not going to let you retire gracefully and naturally. They're going to phase you out if if you can't cut it with them and really make yourself invaluable. So one of the things I associate with midlife is starting that side hustle now. And that could be in your 40s because at some point I get so many calls 
from women 62 and now UPS has dumped them. What are they going to do? They've been working for UPS yeah. for years and years and now mm. they have no job. They have no college diploma. They have nothing. What are they going to do? And now it's too late to say, have you ever thought of making wire-wrapped jewelry? Right? So they have to start the wire-wrapped jewelry 10 years before midlife in order to have that there waiting. Just saying. And so job getting and job exploration is an important part of midlife. Not because it used to be that way in the old days. You just farmed until your back froze up and then you just sat down and told everyone else how to farm. But now we have these jobs that we think will last for a lifetime, but they don't. And so um, you need to have something. Oh, chaotic angel, so important. Yeah, that's a really good point. Women who divorced at that age need something, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and that that is is becoming more and more common, having – I mean, we know that divorce, you know, happens, but – you know, people divorcing when they're older is becoming more common. So that is very, very true. We need we need to to have something for that. Mm-hmm. And um, usually, with um, getting divorced later in life, you need to have some side money. You need to have some separation rather than screaming breakups. Um, and there is a lot of feelings of loss of self-confidence. I could tell you, and I'm sure, Bree, you know what I'm talking about, how many women have been dumped in middle age by a man who went off with some young Ukrainian mail-order bride. I mean, all of the time. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. This happens way more than people want to admit or talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a real problem for women. And so one of the things also that I counsel women who come to me for root work is build up your own strength, build up your own power so that if you are hit with something like this, you'll be able to, you know, have money in the bank, have a way to, you know, grieve it, mourn it, spend four years curled in a puddle ball in the bed and crying and then wake up, get up and go find yourself a new husband, a better husband. That's right. Or, in the case of some women, they go, nah, I'm shutting down the kitchen. It's all over. And they're happy. I'm going to be a grandma. I'm going to be a single woman. I'm going to raise cats. Mm. But whatever it's going to be, it has to be done consciously. And that is where we really come to the ideas of affirmative prayer and you know, asking the divine, asking the universe to bring you what your true will and heart's desire is. Mm, Amen wow. to that. Yeah. Yeah, the, this so, idea of 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 of, em, of empowerment is so incredibly crucial. I love what you're saying because a lot of times there's a language around midlife that is disempowering, right? Midlife is, and and it's talked about in our society in particular as as loss, right? As you're losing something, you're losing something of your womanhood, you're losing something of your sexuality, you're losing something of your power. And in social uh, connotations, you are losing something in regards to jobs, in regards to stability sometimes. There's all this language around loss. So flipping that and instead talking about empowerment, preparing, consolidating, strengthening are all incredibly radical approaches that challenges 
the idea of loss. I really love that, Ms. Kat. You know, uh, the Red Queen nine one 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 is an infinite number of ones at the end of her name. Uh, she said, <laughs> or transform the relationship to Polly to keep the man, then you can play too. And for some folks, that does work, but not for others. Others, you know, they would rather either be alone um, or they would be, um, you know, they would rather find themselves a nice single mate. But, you know, different strokes for different folks, as they say. But it is something to think about. Um, what is your position with regard to sexuality? I call midlife the great um, introspection on sexuality. When they tell you you can't be sexy anymore because you weigh too much, you're too old, you've got wrinkles, you have to think about, how do I feel about that? Is that true? You know, we haven't even discussed plastic surgery. Okay, so how about a vision board, a vision board to bring you the best board certified plastic surgeon in the specialty that you want in your zip code? (laughs) Exactly. Love attraction work for that as well to bring in, and then of course safety and protection during any surgical procedures. And of course, Kat, you touched on this, but money work, you know, to grow your own money, um, to have money and keep money for yourself, like that also mm-hmm. may be something that you really want to get serious about. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you one thing about plastic surgery, just to let you know. Um, in Professor Seward's book, Planning and Harvesting by the Moon, which also contains a whole section on elective um, hours and days for surgery. One of the things he mentions, and this has been mentioned by other people in folk uh, astrologies around the world, the different parts of the body um, have different um, signs of the zodiac. It starts with Aries at the head and goes down to Pisces at the feet. If you're going to have plastic surgery on your face, do not have it when the moon is in Aries. Very bad. The anesthetic could affect your brain. It's just not right. You do it when the... um, when the moon is in one of the signs that is not important to what you're operating on. In other words, like your Aquarius or Pisces or something like that, your feet, um, even Sagittarius um, or Capricorn, the knees. And if you're going to have um, liposuction or something on your abdomen, don't do it when the moon is in Virgo. That's not a good time for it. You want to do it when the moon is, again, in the the knees, legs, or feet. These are just well-known Um, astrological principles that pretty much everyone should think about and know. You also, Mm. I also watch Mars whenever I'm looking at surgery because sometimes Mars, depending on what it's doing, can be associated with, you know, blood, like loss of blood. There can be accidents. So you always want to look at that. Yeah, always look for the position of Mars. Mars should not be conjunct the moon, for instance. All right, what a topic. We've covered about everything anyone needs to know between the ages of 40 and 60, and who was female, and and a few things for men, too. So thank you so much, Ms. Bree. Now we're going to do some readings for people. And um, how about Reverend Art introduces this next segment of our reality? Thanks, Ms. Katz. Support for this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com, and by the Association of Independent Readers and Rootworkers. 
Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches, located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Now it's time to go to our phones and talk to today's client. Our caller is Lori, calling from area code 250 in Canada. Lori, are you there? Uh-oh. Do we have our caller? Mm. Have we lost art? I'm, I'm here. Yeah, you ah, but we don't have our there, there, there may have been a little bit of a technical thing on the back end. Okay. I've made uh, them both Dr. Live. Lori, have... Dr. Sweets posted AI malfunction. <laughs> <laughs> little Mercury retrograde for you. Yes. We might have to take it without guess... them being on the air. Okay. Well, if they, if they can't make it on the air, just read their question out loud, please, Reverend Art. Will do. Oh, and Mercury uh, retrograde. Mercury retrograde. It's Mercury retrograde. Yeah. Mercury retrograde. Very true. Yeah, it's true. Okay. Thank you, Asha. I have 15 for reminding us of that horrible fact. All right. So Lori has indicated that she has not had a reading on this situation previously, and she's wanting increased communication with her longtime lover or long-distance lover. He goes from chatty to nothing. She's been working a sweet jar with appropriate herbs and oils and wants him to think of her more. Turning it over to you, Miss Kat. All right. Well, since we don't have – this is Chaotic Angel. Is this, is this yeah. who we're talking about? Okay. So, Chaotic yeah. Angel, if, we, if you're not able to talk with us, at least type. Can you type? Say yes. Just type yes, please. <laughs> then we'll know you're here. Yes. Uh-oh. She's not typing yes. Mm. She okay. was here. Uh, she was there. Just some, oh, I'm here. here. Can't here. speak. Yes, just type. Yes, good. Uh, Chaotic Angel, what is your sign of the Zodiac? Well, as we wait for that to filter through Mercury Retrograde. Yes, yes, she says. Okay, <laughs> this, is, this is not so good. <laughs> Blink twice. <laughs> you can hear me. <laughs> She's a Gemini. She is a Gemini. Gemini. Okay. Gemini. All right. There she is. All right. A Gemini with a long-distance lover. Um, I'm going to do a reading on this, and um, I would also ask if you can say, what is your sign of your long-distance lover? Then I will stop asking questions that cannot be answered rapidly. (laughs) All right. Um, While I'm waiting for that... Um, we're trying to get this. We're just going to do a little bit of sun sign astrology. He is a Libra. Okay, thank you. All right. So um, he's a Libra. She's a Gemini. Two air signs. And air signs are interesting because they do govern the voice and uh, communication. And Mercury is retrograde. Um, <laughs> the ruler of Gemini. And she can't get in live. And it's what it is. All right. Um 
So I'm going to run three cards. It's called the old three-card cut, and we're just going to look at this, what we can do. And I'm going to give a reading. Miss um, Bree is going to give a reading, and then Conjurant will come in with some root work and spell ideas. So I have first card I have is a difficult card to tell you. It is called the Page of Cups, and it shows a man holding a golden goblet at arm's length with a fish in it. This is deliberate on his part. He is deliberately keeping you at arm's length. It's down by the sea, and the man is dressed in very fancy clothing with um, water lilies on it. But it's not in a pond. It's at the rolling sea. He also has a hat made in the form of kelp or seaweed. He's like coming on like, hey, I'm all about the water and the emotions. But he's holding the fish at arm's length, and the fish always represents a female. Like I mentioned before, the Vesica Pisces, that almond shape. And so he's talking to the fish, but he is not inviting the fish to live in his home, nor is he willing to take off his fancy dancy clothes and jump into the sea and live with the fish. And of the two, the fish is at the disadvantage. The fish is the one being held at arm's length. So this is deliberate on his part. I hate to break it to you. You may have got, gathered this already and just expecting me to guess, but that's what we got. So the next card is um, a card about... Um, um, it's a card about pretty women. And this card is called The World. And so we have a pretty woman dancing in a wreath of bay laurel leaves and there are four animals the four fixed signs of the zodiac earth air fire and water and you know a bull a lion an eagle and a man and they're all looking at her dancing half naked and she's she's showing her tits but she's concealing her pudenda and you can look that up in the dictionary and here we have he likes to look he likes to be connected to a certain extent but he's not willing to actually, again, have you in his life. But worse, he may be looking at a lot of women because this is sort of a voyeuristic card of these men sort of ogling this woman. And she's very confident and very proud. She's kind of, you know, a nice pole dancer, bikini. You know, she knows her stuff and she knows that she likes to be looked at. But she has a wreath of laurel leaves around her, bay leaves. She's protected. And she is in some ways invisible to them because, again, this is a female vulva shape, but she is protected in in some way they don't know her real true self. I have a feeling, I'm not trying to say this guy is playing with you. That's not what I'm saying at all. But I'm saying he has set this situation up to his advantage and to your disadvantage. Okay? Third card, and uh, I'm going to tell you again, I'm not, I'm just calling them as I see them. Third card is the moon. And so the moon is, of course, a female element, and the moon is looking down at a dog and a wolf howling, and they're on opposite sides of a path, and at the far, far end of the card, way in the background, there are two watchtowers, and there's, the path between them is kind of a no-man's land. And this says that this guy changes moods from the loyal and friendly golden retriever, you know, I love you, I love you, I'll follow you anywhere, I'm a puppy, to this snarly wolf who is shy and hides in the woods, and when you come upon him, he may snap. So this guy is not of a single mind. He has certain ideas that do not... Um, accord with the way he presents himself. So we look at these three cards. We're saying it's deliberate that he's doing this to you. He is probably looking at other women. And he himself is 
um, probably best kept on the other side of that road with you in your watchtower and his and him his watchtower because the two of you will not be getting together very soon. That's the reading I have. So let's turn this over to Miss Bree. Well, um, first of all, it's interesting to see where my cards line up and where I have a slightly different take, but one of the things that I noticed, I also am doing a three-card cut, and the final card of my three cards is a major arcana card, just like the final card of your three cards was, Miss Cat. So mm. interesting to see that. All right, honey. The Four of Swords, I am reading with the Angel Tarot by Travis McHenry. And if you like angels, this is a really lovely deck if you um, work with people that might be a little worried about traditional Tarot imagery. This is a lovely deck for that as well. And there's a whole world of angel magic that you can get into with this deck if that's your jam. So the very first card that I have is the Four of Swords. The angel associated with that card is Ha-ha Hell. Ha-ha Hell. So I'm going to, I'll actually put that in the chat for everyone. And the, you know, the Four of Swords, the, the sense that I have is very much what Kat said. Um, I see this as I am deliberately not available. I am, I am not connecting with you verbally. I am not connecting with you mentally. And, you know, for a Gemini and a Libra, I'm a Libra. Um, the mental connection is almost as important as the talk to me connection, right? But, I mean, definitely as a Gemini, I don't know what else is in your chart. Your, your love language is going to be, you know, talk with me. And that and, and right now that is not happening, and I would agree that that is a deliberate choice. So the Four of Swords very much feels to me like, you know, we're, we're, we are grounding conversation. We're grounding that, you know, the ways that we would normally connect with one another. The angel in, in question, ha ha hell, protects against slander. So one of the things that I wonder is if he is not choosing not to talk because if he does, he would not say nice things or he would say things that he might know would hurt your feelings. So he's like pulling, you know, he's, he's deciding not to have a conversation. And I see that you're asking on the chat, is it, is he afraid of getting close to me because he was hurt? Maybe. I mean, that, that's always a possibility, right? Like depending on whether he's done his work or not. But also like Miss Cat, the next card that I have is the King of Wands. Cat had the world. I have the King of Wands. And the King of Wands is a sexy sex card, right? It just straight up is. Um, so I see this. The angel is Danielle. And, and the, um, this angel is associated with eloquence. And, and giving answers to those who are in doubt. And I see the King of Wands as very much a man who is, who is 
alive sexually, the fact that you have distance between you might be part of the problem, that you're not able to physically be together as often. But I would agree that this is someone where I would at least have the question, is he also interested in other women? Is he looking at other women? Is there, is there some component where he is considering having relations with other women at the very least, I would expect there to be flirting and it might, it might be something more, right? Queen, sorry, cat, it's the king of wands. Is the oh, second of course. Card. Yeah, of course, right? So it's like, it's like, you know, I mean, the wands are very phallic, um, very male, very virile, king of wands. It's like, this is a virile, man who's in the sex, who's in the sexual connection, and you are not there. So we've got we've to look at what, what he's doing in your absence, right? The final card that I have is the chariot. Michael, who is uh, Archangel Michael, one of my favorites, um, is the angel that is associated with the chariot. Now, this is where I would take a slightly... I feel like there's I feel like there's some some possibility to maneuver. So first of all, I would say, you know, if the situation, if the long distance could be dealt with, like if there's a plan for the two of you to be together, um, you know, a plan for you to go to him or him to go to you and and to actually be physically together, that might take care of some of the problem. But I do I do see cats point about the two-mindedness like he I mean he is a Libra I'm a Libra so I'm not trash talking when I say this but like Libras can be very indecisive and you know with chariot in the in the traditional Pamela Coleman Smith imagery the chariot is being pulled by a black horse and a white horse and that is a really old image of the soul actually and and the different parts of ourselves that need to be brought together in order for anything to work, in order for any kind of, you know, success to be experienced. So I feel like this is a situation where it's telling us that he is, he's, he hasn't fully brought those pieces of himself together. He doesn't exactly know what he wants. So if movement was able to close the distance, I think that that would help. But I think that there, there's a lot of challenge, especially with that middle card. Um, and I don't know what the parameters of the relationship are. So it might be an issue for you. It might not be. But the distance, I feel, has him looking at other women. All right. Well, let's, let's give some time here to Conjurman, who's going to uh, take a moment now to give us some root work for the client. Yeah, I think you've gotten some very good readings there. A couple things to, to bear in mind. What I'm going to do is give you work to improve communication, but specifically communication that will help clear the air, that will give you clarity, that will help you understand what's going on, that will give you a real connection between the two of you. It is not a guarantee that it will bring this person back as your lover. What it will do is improve communication, and then from there, you can decide what is best for you. 
whether you're going to say, you know what, maybe the readings were wrong and I'm going to give it one last shot to bring this person back to me, or you're going to go, I've gotten the clarity, the readings were 100% right, I know what this guy is doing and thinking now, it's time for me to move on. In either case, you need to set a very clear deadline so that you don't find yourself trapped repeating this. This working, I want you to begin after May 31st. Mercury is in retrograde, and then it's, after it's retrograde, it's going to be making a very ugly square to Mars. Uh, it'll be slipping out of that square by May 31st, and that's a really good time to begin your working. Bear in mind also that at the end of July, Venus will retrograde, so don't be surprised if you see some reversals, returns, and changes around that time. Venus governs love, but also rules the sign of this person. So here's what I recommend. Get a photo of this person, write their name three times on the back, turn it clockwise, and then write your name on top of it, crossing it. Then encircle it with the word, come to me and talk to me without lifting your pen to create an unbroken ring. You can pick up the book, Paper in My Shoe, which will give you some really good explanations of the different types of petition papers that you can use here. You are then going to take Deer's Tongue, a parrot feather and lemongrass and fold it into that photo so you make a little paper packet. Put this into a jar, then cut seven thorns from roses and add it into the jar along with bay leaves. The thorns are to give them a, a little bit of a nudge. Don't want to put pins and needles, but thorns. And you're going to put bay leaf for clarity. You're going to place this into the jar and close it. When you want this person to speak to you, when you want to give them a nudge to communicate better, shake the jar gently and tell this person, speak to them, call to their spirit, so-and-so, speak to me, come to me, tell me what you're thinking and what you're feeling. The thorns are just enough of a nudge, not to harm him, but to push him in the right direction. After you've shaken the jar up, Set it down and smoke the jar with tobacco. Tobacco will reach out and draw his spirit to you. Only do this work to improve communication so that you have clarity in what is best for you going forward. If you get the clarity, then I want you to dismantle the jar and perform a kind clear and move on. Let's say it's clear. This guy is talking to other women and he's not interested in you. This person is talking to other women. They're not interested in you. Dismantle the jar, cut and clear, move on. On the other hand, if the jar works and brings this person back and gives you clear, like, you know what, I've thought about it. I really want to give it a chance. Then you can move on to doing some type of love working. That's my recommendation here. Let's see if Miss Bria or Miss Cat have anything further to add. Well, I, I, I'm sorry to say I missed one of the ingredients in that jar. I heard bay leaves and I heard rose thorns. Was there okay, something so else? You, yes, you fold deer's tongue, a parrot deer's feather, tongue. and Thank lemon and lemongrass lemon okay. and then Thank thorns you. and bay leaf in the jar outside of the packet. Got it, got it. Well, I have nothing to add. That's a good one. What would you recommend as a deadline for her? I really would say uh, before Venus goes retrograde. Once Venus goes retrograde, it's going to get funky. So before July, that's the, that's the big cutoff. Okay. So between when Mercury comes direct and um, and when Venus goes retrograde. Short window. And that's going to be July 22nd. Venus goes retrograde. And it won't be direct until September 3rd. Thank you. Okay. Wow. All right. Um, I think our next 
thing is going to be our fabulous network tritone. But before the tritone, I, Patricia, said parrot feather. I, Patricia, you are so right. You're so right um, that a parrot feather is a wonderful thing to use in this spell and um, I, highly I, I recommend said it. Fe- I, I said parrot feather. Oh, you said parrot feather. Oh, yeah, I, it was I left it out. Ingredient. Oh, my God. Uh, I, Patricia, you caught the parrot feather. Okay. All right. Thank you. <laughs> we'll get it together. All right. Now we get our network tritone and everything else. LMC. You're listening to the LMC Radio Network, broadcasting out of Forestville, California, on the World Wide Web at LuckyMojo.com. LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hooter Root Work Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Sundays, 3 to 4.30, Mystics, Mages, and Magical Places with Reverend Art and Reverend James, Mondays, 4 to 5.30, The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6, The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix LaFay, Thursdays, 1 to 2, and Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 7 to 8, all time specific, at 3 hours for Eastern. All of our shows are available in archives at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com, where you will see them listed by title and episode and with clickable links. Sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And now it's time for our free spell segment from our special guest, Miss Bree of BriannaSassi.com in San Antonio, Texas. Here's Miss Bree. Hello, everyone. All right. So, as promised, I have a spell to help cool you down. Those of you, ladies, maybe some gentlemen as well, in your midlife. So this is actually a recipe and a charm. So the title of this is Rescue Me, A Cooling Sacred Spray and Charm. <clears throat> sacred sprays, washes, and waters are one of my favorite magicals. Now, many of you know they are worked with by the young, old, and everyone in between in places that have hotter climates. So where I live in San Antonio, Texas, it is easy to find one of the most sacred washes, Florida water, at the local grocery store. Now, these waters and washes can be made with water, as their name would suggest, but they are more typically made with alcohol or something like witch hazel. I recommend making this sacred spray with vodka that is at least 70% alcohol, or you can use something like Everclear. And the reason why is because the 70% is going to also function as an antibacterial agent, so you're basically making like a magical so it's kind of nice to have double duty. This is a cooling sacred spray, ideal for ladies experiencing their hot flashes or, as my mother called them as well, power surges. However, (laughs) it is also a wonderful way to cool down hot emotions like anger, irritation, frustration, or impatience. Now, I do want to say you may not always want to cool that down if you have magic that you need to make that has more of an edge, 
can be really good allies for you. But if you're in a place, say work, where you cannot go around yelling at everyone, this is for you. The timing to make this, ideally, I would recommend that you make the spray during a waning moon cycle. I would start three to four days after the full moon, and you would be fine if you did that. And of course, let all magic, do it when you can. So if you, if you need it, and it's not the right lunar cycle, don't worry about it. You can always go back and do it again. The materials that you will need, you're going to need a mason jar. Any size will work, but I like a medium or a large jar for this. As I said, you're going to need vodka, Everclear, or any alcohol that is at least 70%. Now, if you don't want to use alcohol, you could use witch hazel instead. You could use you could use water if you wanted to. I think that might get a little funky. So I would recommend something that's a little more astringent. The recipe is one part fresh sage, two parts fresh rose petals, and I would recommend pink or white roses for this, two parts fresh mint, one part fresh lemon balm, one part fresh bee balm, Monarda, if you can find it, it grows all over the place. Now, the amount, I'm giving you parts instead of measurements because the amount of each herb that you use is going to vary depending on the size of your jar. So in order to make this Rescue Me Sacred Spray, you're going to take each herb bundle and you're going to chop it roughly, once, twice, or even three times. The more chopping that you do at the beginning, the stronger of a spray you will have at the end of the day. As you chop, I recommend that you pray and speak over the herb you are working with. Now, you might simply bless it and ask it to help cool you down, or you may speak from it, do it from the heart like this. Blessed rose, so fragrant, lovely, I thank you for your gifts. Remind me with your presence to be cool, to decide how open or not I wish to be, and to walk in beauty within and without. Thank you, sweet rose. Once you have chopped up all of the herbs, you're going to place them in your mixing jar and cover them just to the top with alcohol. This is sometimes called an alcohol maceration. Shake the jar of alcohol and herbs, and as you do, Pray over it just as you would with a sugar jar or a honey jar. You're going to shake it, and you're going to pray, and the prayer can be short and sweet, like keep me cool, keep me calm, keep me collected, right, whatever, whatever comes to you. Keep in mind the intentions that you bring to the work. Perhaps you want to stay cool, calm, focused, comfortable in your skin. Maybe you are creating the sacred spray to help you be more patient, understanding, or less quick to anger. Maybe you're, you are creating it to spray around your home to cool down the hotheads that you live with. Whatever your intentions are, speak them, sing them, pray them out as you shake the bottle. When you are finished and you only need to shake it for about a minute, you can store it in a cool, dark place for one full turn of the moon, approximately 28 days. At the end of that 28-day period, strain the herbal material out of the liquid and place the liquid into a spray bottle. You may like the scent of the spray as it is, 
or you may want to add scents like rose, sage, or mint. And if you do, you can add a few drops of essential oil. Be sure to patch test the spray on the underside of your arm. You can just spray just a bit there and give yourself 24 hours to make sure that you don't have any kind of reaction. Okay, we're running out of time. That was... <laughs> Let me just give free. you the charm. Let me give you the charm. Keep me cool, bring me peace, calm-centered, rescue me. From anger and heat flaring wild, keep me chill, keep me mild. Standing in my sovereignty as I ask, so shall it be. Amen. Wonderful. I'm sorry we, we're just running out of time. We've got to go. That was a beautiful, beautiful spell. It's in the chat log now permanently. You can all find it in the archive at Luck Mojo Forum. All right. Take us on out of here. Fantastic. <laughs> thank you, Ms. Cat, and thank you, Contraman, and thank you to Ms. Bree of BriannaSaucy.com in San Antonio, Texas, for being our guest this week. We invite you to join us next week when our special guest from the Association of Readers and Root Workers will be Lukianos of Lukianos.com in Baltimore, Maryland, bringing us an Oracle Hour tutorial on the Oracle of the World. Once again, we've come to the end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find Ms. Cat via the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and Conjurman at conjuremanconsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. I'm your announcer, Reverend Art, joining you from folkconjure.com in North Carolina. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. And the shows are available in archive via luckymojo.com forward slash radioshow.html. For all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again next week at this same time when you'll hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Jug Band Waltz. Thanks, everybody, and good night. Thank you, Reverend Art. All right, Miss Bree, we want to have you back as soon as possible with another wonderful uh, show. You're just such a wealth of information. All right, remember, everybody, get your tickets for the Hoodoo Heritage Festival. Uh, You could just go to hoodooheritagefestival.com and uh, pay for them, and they are yours. And you can then get a goodie box full of lovely objects and items, including three new books. I don't have much else to say, I guess, other than that, as always, I love being here with you all, and I love my guests so much. Miss Bree, it's just been wonderful to be with you again after all this time, and I hope we can do more things together. You're always one of my very favorite people. You know I feel the same way, Kat. Absolutely. I've so enjoyed our time together. Thank you so much for having me. Everyone, go out and be blessed. And be blessings in turn. And remember, wow, Miss Bree is doing a workshop on um, on all of this type of material, the same things that she's been uh, talking about on this show. Why don't you just quickly give us the name of that workshop and the date that it's happening? Yeah, so this is a two-day workshop. It is called Queen, Crone, Crown, and Center, Medicine and Magic for Midlife. It is happening on July 26th. And 27th, and it is happening virtually over Zoom. So you can attend from anywhere in the world, and it will all be recorded. So if you've got to be at work, but you want to learn, you can do that as well. All right. Thank you so much. And where do they go to get their tickets? 
You may go to briannasafi.com slash medicine for midlife. All right. Thank you so much, Brie. And uh, I hope some of y'all buy those tickets and take advantage of her amazing knowledge. All right, everybody. Good night. Good night, all. Have a great evening. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Good night.